Hey guys, welcome to today's episode of Impetus Health. In the show today, we interview one of mine and Sean's dear friends. Her name is Alexis Gervin. She is a life coach, and she also specializes in team leadership development. Alexis coins what she does as people development, and she dives more into that um, in the introduction. But some of what we talk about today is this concept of holistic health. Alexis gives us a different spin on it than what uh, you can typically think of when you think of holistic health. We talk about tangible ways to create rhythms in our daily life and how that has an impact um, on the pace at which we are living. We talk about how to slow down and get to the root of what might be causing such a fast-paced life and how that does have an impact on our overall health. We talk about mental health. We talk about some of Alexis's personal experiences with implementing some of these practices into her own life. We talk about fitness for the sake of presence and how that can have a ripple effect into our relationships and our mental, spiritual, emotional, and physical health. We dive into a multiple other topics, but we want to thank y'all for taking the time to listen to today's show. And as always, please give us any feedback that you have, anyone you would like us to interview, and any thoughts you have regarding the episode. Thank y'all so much for listening. This is a revolution to fight for truth, to fight for the people who trust us with their health, and to fight for research-backed action. This is a fight to purge baseless trends and customs in healthcare. This is a revolution to change the steps of healthcare from reactive medicine to preemptive medicine. Our vision is to be the catalyst for a system of proactive healthcare versus reactive healthcare. This is Impetus Health. Yeah. 
Sure. So I actually grew up in what I love to call like a very crunchy organic family that um, we were crunchy and organic when it wasn't cool to be crunchy and organic, you know, and I was like the kid in fifth grade with the dry peanut butter and the sugarless jelly on like whole wheat bread, just like dying for anyone to trade me for a bologna and cheese, like <laughs> somewhere, somehow, somebody, please give me a normal sandwich. <laughs> um, I had a dad that grew all of our own vegetables in our backyard in the city. And all I ever wanted was just to like be normal and go to the store and buy our vegetables, but we ate them all from our backyard. And, um, you know, we took supplements. My dad would make green drinks. We just, we were like crunchy organic kids. <laughs> and I, I really did not appreciate it at all until I got to college and my freshman year of college, I remember like looking around thinking, where are my supplements? Where are my vegetables? Like what? this is a whole new life. And then, so went through college, kind of managed my way through, you know, the cafeteria and things, and then got out and started working for a chiropractor who is also a wellness practitioner. And he, as he had his chiropractic practice in Boston was growing that, but also was working on this online wellness platform that combined three things, eating well, moving well, and thinking well. And I got hired in to do some chiropractic assisting for him, but then also some writing for that program. Mm -hmm. Writing has been a passion of mine for a long time and I tend to be a thinker. And so he hired me for like the think well space. <laughs> and I really felt like the three years that I worked for him, I got so much of a broader perspective on the why behind so much of my parents' drive for keeping us as a family, the crunchy organic family that we were. Um, but really got given vocabulary and articulation for what overarching wellness really looks like, what holistic wellness looks like. And finally started, to, finally started to realize it was cool. You know, like finally started to understand like, oh wait, this is actually so that our bodies can be optimally functioning to show up to the rest of life. And I think, and this is something Ellie and I have talked about a lot, but I think in the holistic space, a lot of times what's tricky is we don't necessarily have vocabulary. We don't necessarily have verbiage and articulation for the why behind the what. We can talk about fitness and we can talk about why it's you know great to be fit, why it's important to move and to eat well. We can talk about the mental space and the emotional space, the relational spaces, which uh, we can dive into like the spiritual components of that and how important those things are, but we never, there's not a lot of vocabulary for intertwining them. Mm -hmm. And so I just think that's why these kinds of conversations are so great. But um, all that to say, that's kind of my background as far as like why holistic health for me, it's almost like wired into my DNA to, to want to understand it, to want to talk about, it, to live it, but then now to really try and give some verbiage and articulation to what does holistic health actually look like? Yeah. And from everything that goes into your background and kind of what you're doing now with just helping people like, like kind of what you do is called a life coach, right? Life coach, soul coach. Um, and I know that you incorporate so much of just this concept of health into that. So like what, what, do, how would you define health first of all? And then what is the thing that you see missing in most people? Like what is the gap that you try to help bridge? Yeah. Um, when it comes to health. Such a great question. Um, I do think, you know, defining it is, is tricky. I think the, now there's definitely a greater understanding around mind, body, soul 
connection. I think that kind of vocabulary, like we're starting to talk about it as a culture, we've started to talk about it. We understand that health is made up of so many things. It's made up of physical health, it's made up of mental health, social health, spiritual health. Like there's a lot of components that actually go into making and creating a holistic lifestyle and a lifestyle that is like truly optimally functioning. I, I would say that like health to me would be optimal functioning of the human body, human body and brain together and soul really, because that I believe is part of it. I would say one of the biggest things that I think is missing. And one of the reasons that I do the work that I do as a soul coach, um, kind of just caveat, like as a soul coach, really what I am doing and what my work really is, is helping people slow down to consider what's going on underneath what's going on and to help them kind of name what's actually happening underneath all of what we see on the surface. I'm a big believer in the fact that you can't change what you don't name. And so you have to actually name the things first um, mm -hmm. before you can start to change them. But mm -hmm. slowing down to actually help people consider it is the work that I do. And the thing that I see so much of a need for in terms of this conversation around holistic health is really that it's the slowing down and the, the considering of the pace at which we live. Mm -hmm. um, I think reflection is a concept and a practice that as a culture, we don't value very highly. It's definitely something that we, um, I think we overlook, but I think it's profound in terms of our capacity to look back on a week's time, a month's time, a year's time, just consider what did we do really well? What maybe needs to change? And then how do we actually choose to say, okay, we're going to leave some things behind and we're going to take specific things with us forward into the future. You can't do that when you're going at breakneck pace all the time. Mm. And I just feel like as a culture, we value productivity, we value efficiency, we value effectiveness, all good things. Mm -hmm. But like, if we never slow down to consider what is actually really happening on the underbelly of it all, like underneath it all, mm -hmm. um, then I think we, we miss a huge part of what real health, um, what holistic health really could be. Yeah. Mm. And to kind of follow up on that, do you see people who are doing all the right things when it comes to nutrition and exercise? Um, but the, did they say something's missing in terms of maybe like the slowing down or feeling like there's just that gap of the soul piece or like, how do you kind of come to see that that part is missing in someone? I feel like I probably detect it real fast, but to get them to detect it is a different story for sure. One of the things I love helping people right off the bat with is I'll, I'll just ask them, where do you lose time? Hmm. Like what's something that when you are in the middle of it, you're maybe your body's moving, but your brain just is like going to a totally different place. Hmm. And so many people are like, why are you even asking me that? Like, what's the, what's the point? And I'm like, I'm trying to actually just start to dig in a little bit. I'm like, where do you rest? Like you are not a human machine. You're not a human doing, you're a human being. Mm -hmm. So if you're a human being, then like, where is your work and where is your actual time to recreate the body? Like to not just recreate, but to recreate, to let your cells actually recreate for the sake of the work that you're doing. And again, for the sake of the pace that you're keeping. Um, and so a lot of times I think it's navigating through, I, I love to do the navigation basically through a lens of, okay, let's take you through physical, mental, social, spiritual, financial, 
professional, vocational, Mm -hmm. recreational, like in all those places, where are you? Like, how are you? Mm -hmm. And I think just starting there, it almost gives them like a peace index or it almost like helps them index where their kind of happiness is, but also where their level of like satisfaction with life is. Um, And that at least starts them sort of seeing like, okay, yeah, I've definitely got some gaps that need to be filled. Um, And so often they are so beautifully filled when we just slow down to actually start to do some of the things that recreate, that rejuvenate, that refresh, that renew. It's just, it like brings a human back to life on so Mm -hmm. many levels. Let me ask you this. Uh, That's so rich. Um, So you're talking about the starting point for a lot of the people that you talk to. And we talked a little bit about this before, but the verbiage is so important of just letting people know that this is the way, you know, like it's not because we are such a fast paced world, whether it be trying to convince someone of holistic health just in general, as opposed to a quick fix or something that's a little bit different. I know you talked about the starting point. I guess that could be how you try to convince them or not. Maybe you don't even try to convince. Maybe someone has to approach you as they're ready to kind of make this change. Um, But how do you put that word out that you've seen that has created change enough in people to want to to start this, to want to start to slow down the process and kind of not not an efficiency because you come become more efficient when you do this. point and that I think you hit the nail on the head is that so many people are coming to me usually they're coming to me already knowing like there's something deep in them that's stirring they can't figure out what it is but they're disgruntled about something and they're really frustrated so they're coming to me for at least an attempt at like solving it right they want me to help them solve it well I'm gonna I'm gonna basically like deconstruct their life in order to do that right like (laughs) deconstruction is a bit of different way but it's really helping them kind of like look through those lenses but that you are so right Sean in that it is exponential what happens in your capacity for work in your creativity in your ability to execute your ability to align with bigger purposes and bigger visions like even at work and with a team when you have actually paused for a little bit to care for the under, the underside of it all, to actually like pause, to actually pause and name what's going on in your own life, to actually take that index of your holistic health. I would say a lot of times too, for teams, when I'm going to do work with teams, it's them pausing on all of the execution, alignment, capacity, productivity, and looking at relationship and communication and how important that actually is. And then when you actually make time for not just doing the work, but working on the work, it's like knowing you're not just like using your body, but you're like working on your body and working on your brain and working on your heart. It's exponential than what can come from that. Hmm. It just doesn't, it's, it's a little counterintuitive, right? Cause you have to like yeah. take the time away from the thing to work on yeah. the thing. And then the thing is going to get so much better. Amen. Yeah. So what are kind of some tangible ways that this can be applied if someone's like, oh, I feel that I feel disgruntled in this area of my life. Like I'm so overpaced, overworked, um, unrested. Like what's what's kind of the tangible thing they can do? Yeah. Well, this will be like, you know, one of my soapboxes because we know that this is a topic that I love the most. I talk about it with the Terrence family a lot, oh, no. um, <laughs> but I'll say there's two. The one that I'm thinking of is just the concept of Sabbath, right? The whole idea of 
taking a day, an actual day. I've been learning even more of late that like Sabbath is actually supposed to be 24 hours. I'm like, oh gosh, I'm not even doing it right. <laughs> but, but taking a day to just totally come away from work and choose to rest. And that doesn't just look like Netflix binging, right? It doesn't look like um, escaping. It looks like realigning our hearts to the purpose and the why behind the what, like, why are we actually doing what we're doing? And I would say like, from a Sabbath perspective, it's really aligning with the spiritual things, like actually making our hearts, attuning our hearts more to the things of the Lord than they are sometimes through the week when we're working. Um, and to find those ways that we rest really well, like to find the ways that we rejuvenate best. It's crazy to me when I'm working with people, the variety of things the variety of answers that I'll get when I'm like, where do you rest best? You know, and some people it's playing piano. Some people it's going for a run. Some people it's journaling in a coffee shop. Some people it's like cross stitching or something, you know, it's like, it can be the most random things. I'm like, well, you go do that. <laughs> but like it is so, but it's, re, it's literally recreating for them. Like they will lose time and like four hours goes by and it's like, oh my gosh, but their brain and their heart has gone to a different place. So I would say the concept of taking a day, pausing and coming away from work to actually rest and rejuvenate and to do some of the things that don't necessarily produce anything. But one of my favorite definitions of Sabbath is that it is the nourishing of an emergence. Meaning that so much of what we're doing on Sabbath is literally giving life to the thing that's going to come but it's not coming right then. Like it's not emerging right then. It's being nourished. So Sabbath, huge concept. We could have a whole nother podcast on Sabbath. There are tons of resources on that if anybody mm -hmm. wants any. But then the other thing I'd say just as a very like practical, pragmatic thing, and I know a lot of leaders who do it. Michael Hyatt actually put out a really great article a couple years ago on his practice, but just the concept of a week in review where on a Saturday or a Sunday, you take, you know, half hour, maybe 45 minutes, and you just basically go back and you think through, the week before, like the week prior, and you do it, I think it's great to do it through the lens of each of those categories. So physical, mental, social, spiritual, each of those. And you really just ask yourself the question like, okay, what happened last week? What did I do well in these categories? And what did I not do so well? What do I want to take with me? And what do I want to leave behind? And noting themes and trends in those things to me is a great way of at least starting to name and identify what's going on underneath what's going on. And then um, to be intentional, to actually like say, okay, I'm going to take one thing in each of those categories and I'm going to take it with me into this week. I'm going to be intentional in each, you know, one thing in each of those areas. Mm -hmm. I'm a big proponent of really thinking about how are you intentional versus accidental mm -hmm. in all things, right? And, in, and I think with the holistic health conversation, I think that's great verbiage for it too. But um, so yes to Sabbath and then we can review great practice to just take a little bit of time. And then what I love, I mean, I'm a, Ellie and I both are big reflectors. We love like looking back at the past, you know, and um, we're nostalgic <laughs> that way. Yeah. But, but I've loved now. I mean, I have, you know, a number of years that I've done it. So I have a lot of weeks in review to be able to look back on and now to look back and just see trends and themes in your life, see where prayers were answered, mm -hmm. see where you were making really great progress when you get in a really tough situation or like a rut, it's really good to go back and remember like seasons that were really good and to know, okay, what was I doing then? What were some of the habits I was in? What was my morning routine? What was my evening routine when I was thriving that I could maybe like remind myself, you know, 
to re-implement. Yeah. Yeah. And I have Michael Hyatt's journal. I know, you know, I have that, but he does a week in review within the journal. And oh, do you have it right next to you? Yeah. <laughs> She's holding it up for those who can't see. It's a little, little black book. Just full focus planner. Shout out to Michael Hyatt for real. I love this thing. It's so great. And what I've noticed too, kind of on the long, on this, along the same lines of what you were saying, um, a lot of times, unless I like go back and read or, or write about what actually happened, like I can create this false reality in my mind that like either the week was worse than it really was, or it was way better than it actually was. And I think that that um, recalibration of just sitting down and like writing down what actually happened can just be a really practical tool, even for just mental health and just understanding like you might actually be on the right track, even when you feel like you're not. Um, and, and I do it with my nutrition clients as well. Like they will give me a subjective review of their month, but I actually give them like, this is what the data actually says, you know? Um, and you're, let's see if they align. Right. And a lot of times those two things don't. And I think that can just yeah. be a really, really powerful tool. So, yeah, yeah, totally. I think, Oh, Sean, we're oh, no. I, want, I, want, I want to ask you just a quick question. Cause you're talking about, you know, you brought up a cool concept with escaping versus actual Sabbath, actual rest and prep. How how would someone what how does someone feel different between if they just escaped versus they have actually taken a Sabbath? How, what, what's the difference in how a person leaves whichever one they just chose? Because yeah, I, I don't think a lot of people know what would that what yeah the, what the difference totally. is. Well, and I think the way that you're asking that question, I, I can easily answer because I think the way that you leave it is exactly what defines the difference. I think when you get into then how do you build that day, that's when it gets a little bit trickier. But the difference in terms of how people leave a true Sabbath versus one where they've just escaped it's literally like night and day. I feel like the, the leaving of a true Sabbath, you are rejuvenated. You are like, you have refreshed and renewed on so many levels that you go into the work week actually energized. Mm -hmm. And like, and one of the things that I love is, and this is where like the articulation of things gets tricky because I'm like, how do you explain this? I feel my heart and my head grow more spacious on Sabbath, meaning that after a couple hours, usually it takes me a couple hours. Like I sit down with my journals, my Bible, light my candle, you know, I have my music. I'm like very, very four. It's, it's definitely very four Sabbath it. around here. <laughs> I do it. I it. But after a couple hours of like journaling my braids out from the, from the week, doing my weekend review, I will start to feel my mind go to places that it cannot go mm. through the week. I will think about people that I haven't thought about maybe in months, maybe mm -hmm. even years, like the Lord will bring people to mind that I will think about, Oh, I haven't talked to them in a long time. I should reach out. I should mm -hmm. encourage. I, I swear. It's like, he brings this and, and there's a joy in it. There's like this capacity for joy that when we are just moving, 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 and we're working off of our to-do list and we're making sure we're, we're, checking all the boxes, that kind of spaciousness of heart and mind just doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. um, that's how it shows up for me. And I know for other people, it can be different, but they're so real versus the, the difference in like, you know, a Netflix binging day. I feel like you kind of come out of that feeling like You're exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> You're exhausted. I've done it. <laughs> it's, it's like, I need another day of rest. 
Like, what did I do for the past four hours? Yeah. Totally, oh. totally. And and not to say, because there's, I will say, and Sean of all people, Sean is the one who's constantly reminding Ellie and I, we need to like go to fiction and remember <laughs> that fiction is great. Like story is great. But so I will say like, I've gotten way more in the last few years, way more into like good movies or like a really good series. But there's definitely a difference between escaping into it and mm. like tastefully ingesting little bits of it. And, yes. and using it redemptively, like actually having it be like um, fodder for inspiring thoughts, you know, and like, and cultivation of redemptive thought processes. I think that's totally possible with fiction, with a good Netflix series, right. but I don't think that it's like full, you know, run away and escape for five hours on a Sunday afternoon. Yep. And then it's like, the sun's going down. You're like, oh, I'm still in my pajamas. What's happening? Yep. Yep. Yeah. It really just sounds like you have to be really present, you know? And I mean, I feel like my phone would have to be completely in another place and I wouldn't yeah. be able to look yeah. at it at all in order for me to stay present. I will, I will say just because I'm such a resource girl and I want to give as many as I can, even in a podcast like this, yeah. the book called the ruthless elimination of hurry. Oh Yeah. He's the, the pastor. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. John Mark Comer, who just, he put it out to, he put it out right at the beginning of the pandemic mm. and couldn't have been more divinely timed because I feel like so many people really loved it through that time. I mean, needed it through that time, but he does an unbelievably beautiful job of unpacking Sabbath and unpacking the concept of slowing mm. and why as a culture, we need it. Why as human humans, we need it because we're human beings. We're not human doings because God created the Sabbath for man, not man for the Sabbath. Like mm. God gave it to us. It is a gift. Um, and yet it's so hard to practice. That's what it's like the ruthless elimination of hurry. It's literally gotta be this like ruthless hacking out of Sundays on our planner. Like we're not doing anything. We're not going anywhere. We're not producing anything. We are choosing to do things that intentionally rejuvenate, refresh, renew, recreate ourselves, our, ourselves and our, our whole selves through that process. So ruthless elimination of hurry. And I just heard this fantastic podcast. We're going to have to put it in your show notes or whatever, but it was John Mark Comer being interviewed by Dave Barnes and John McLaughlin, who are two musicians in Nashville. And they're so much fun to listen to. And they talked about Sabbath and they talked about how John Mark Comer and his family have created culture, like a familial mm -hmm. culture of Sabbath in their house. And it's just, it's a, it's a process to learn, but it's so good. Hey guys, thanks for taking the time to listen to today's episode. If you're interested in hearing more about some of Alexis's coaching opportunities and following her on Instagram, you can contact her at www.alexisgervin.com. We will link that in the show notes. And then she's pretty active on Instagram. Her handle is at Alexis Gervin. And that is A-L-E-X-I-S Gervin, G-I-R-V-A-N. Thank you all so much for listening.